Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome to Money Beat's look at the week ahead. Stephen Grosser has the week off, so he is not here. I am here, joined in the studio by Wall Street Journal reporter Chris Dietrich. Chris, how are you doing? I am well, sir. And uh, what we're going to talk about first, usually we do these things, but we'll kind of do... We do a little broad look at what's going on next week, but there is one event next week that really stands over everything. So we're going to focus on that first, and that is the Kansas City Fed's annual retreat in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, the symposium, the Fed symposium, the world's greatest minds of the central banks meet in the shadow of the Grand Teton Mountains to talk about central banking. And to help us talk about that, we have a Wall Street Journal reporter, Kate Davidson, on the line, and Kate you're so lucky you're getting to go out to Wyoming. I cannot wait. I, I don't know if I'll be able to work in some hiking or kayaking, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, uh, it is absolutely gorgeous out there. If you've never been out there, folks, I would highly recommend it. But that's not what we're here to talk about is the tourism and the hiking and the mountains and all that beautiful stuff. Let's talk about the Fed, the meeting. Uh, what exactly is the symposium, Kate? Yes. So the annual symposium um, is, as you said, a gathering of central bankers. So it's hosted by the Kansas City Fed, but it's not just for um, U.S. central bankers. Uh, we have central bankers from all around the world who come to this and they basically hunker down for a couple days. They have panels, they they have research papers that are presented and they discuss them amongst themselves. They usually have a couple of high profile keynote speakers. And then I think in the afternoons, they sort of have time to go and and do some of that hiking and kayaking and enjoying nature that we talked about. But um, it's a big event, and certainly you see a lot of um, important people who are there, and obviously folks who are watching the Fed and watching the world central banks are paying close attention to the news that comes out of this conference because they tend to offer um, their views on, on where things are headed with their economies and also with monetary policy. Well, Kate, you know, inter- speaking internationally, I mean, what what should investors sort of anticipate? I know maybe a little bit unusual this time is there's some anticipation for what um, actually the the head central banker in Europe might say or not say um, what do you sort of anticipate as as maybe the bigger the bigger news events exactly well, well you kind of hit the nail on the head Chris I mean we know so we don't get the full schedule um, or list of attendees until the conference starts so we don't know exactly who's speaking uh, but we do know uh, that Janet Yellen will be there she's going to be speaking on Friday the Fed just announced that and Mario Draghi will be there and um, right I think of the two of them probably more attention is going to be on on this speech um, from the ECB leader because Janet Yellen is going to be talking about financial stability so you know Folks who might have been paying attention to her remarks for clues about the timing of the Fed's, you know, balance sheet, um, their program to shrink their balance sheet, uh, doesn't sound like she's really going to be delving deeply into that. She's going to be talking about uh, financial stability, which makes sense. You know, it's 10 years since the financial crisis, so I think we'll um, we'll we'll see her focus on that. But um, but right, the speech from um, from from Draghi could very well give some important clues about basically what the ECB is going to do with its bond buying program. And I think we've heard some ECB officials say that there could be a signal at the September, the ECB's September policy meeting on on what they're going to be doing with that. And that's just a couple weeks after Jackson Hole. So I, I would say it seems as though that may be the most anticipated speech of the conference. And, and you know, it's kind of interesting with these, these conferences, especially this conference, it seems in years past that 
they've they've kind of sent, especially when Ben Bernanke was there, they've sent a signal about whether or not this meeting was going to provide something big. I mean, he launched the first um, QE from Jackson Hole. You know, he made some important speeches there. So what you're saying, is that kind of like what the tea leaves are telling us right now? Is that really kind of what we're, we're getting out of this? I think so, at least, as I said, from the ECB perspective, you know, from the Fed perspective, it, it doesn't it's hard to it's hard to see what sort of major financial stability announcement might be coming. I don't think there is one. So I don't yeah. I don't think we expect um, something groundbreaking from Chair Yellen this time mm-hmm. around. But it will be interesting because this could very well be her last speech as Fed chair at Jackson Hole. You know, her term is up um, at the beginning of February next year. And obviously she could be asked, um, you know, she could be reappointed um, or renominated by the president for a second term, um, but it's really unclear whether that will happen. And it, it seems unlikely, uh, but we don't know. So I think it's safe to assume that this could be her last speech there as chairwoman. Wow. It seems unlikely that she'll be uh, re-upped. Well, now I don't want to get too yeah, myself. So break, the president, Kate, Kate, break some I mean, news. Break some news say, on the Money Bee podcast. Let, let's, let's put it out there in case anyone still doesn't know this. This president, we just don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. He did say in an interview with us that Janet Yellen is still very much in the running, um, and uh, but that there are other candidates, including Gary Cohn. I guess I would say among people that I talk to, Fed watchers, the assumption among a lot of people is that um, is that she's less likely to get it. He's more likely to get it. Uh, I've heard people say, well, if Cohen wants it, the job is his. I mean, we, we wow. really don't wow. know, though. I mean, we still have several months. And the president did tell us that um, he probably wouldn't announce a decision until the end of the year. So I guess I should say let's wait and see. Yeah. So that's, you know, it'll be interesting to see. So obviously any sort of news on that on, on the Yellen front, stay or go. But it sounds like really for investors who are maybe seeking out some market moving news, it's going to really probably focus more on anything Draghi says or does not say about, about what they're doing. Does that sound about right? Maybe to yeah. summarize for the... For the yes. investor side of all this, yeah, absolutely, I would say so. So you know, it's interesting. Both these central banks seem to have done a good job of getting their respective economies back on track. Uh, inflation, obviously, is not where they want it to be. Right? They want inflation to be a little stronger in both cases. Am I am I right about that? Right. And I should say, I mean, so we're we're talking about the kind of the speeches that come out of the conference. Obviously, um, one of the things that also happens there is all of us reporters descend on the conference as well. And so you see a lot of um, a lot of Fed officials that are going on Bloomberg and CNBC and sitting down with The Wall Street Journal and they're talking to us about their views on where things are headed. And so news can come out of those interviews as well. And and you're right. I mean, I think inflation will be a big topic of conversation we saw in the Fed minutes released Wednesday that um, that Fed officials are really kind of grappling with what is happening with inflation, and um, you know now that they've they've kind of gotten the their plans for the balance sheet sorted out, it seemed like they spent a lot of time discussing at the last meeting what happens next um, and and where is inflation headed, and should they wait for more evidence of firming inflation or should they continue? You know they had penciled in another rate increase for this year. Um, some officials say, well, look, we don't. We don't want to proceed with that plan until we really are sure that inflation is moving in the direction that we think it is. And it's been soft lately. So I think that's an ongoing debate. And it will be really interesting to see and hear officials talk about that issue next week as well. Yeah. All right. So uh, bottom line, Mario Draghi, important. Inflation, important. Janet Yellen, of course, important, but maybe she might not say anything too crazy. That's fair to say, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kate, enjoy uh, your time out there. I know you'd be working hard, but, uh, you know. 
can't work in a more beautiful place. So uh, enjoy the time out there. And thanks for giving us a little preview. Thank you so much, guys. And we will be back with more about the week ahead. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Rapid expansion? We're ready. Worker shortage? We're good. Anything can change the world of work. A celebrity buys the company. Depends on who it is. But relax, we've got ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. Follow The Wall Street Journal on your favorite podcast app. Search WSJ on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and any Amazon Alexa device. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. Stephen Grosser on vacation. Chris Dietrich here in the studio with me. And now coming to us from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Wall Street Journal reporter Josh Mitchell. Josh, how are you? I'm great. So, uh, you know, we're really getting into the dog days here, Josh. And I know everyone, I know, I know neither you or nor us will be in the line, the direct line of the uh, eclipse on Monday, but that's obviously going to be a big focus. But there's more going Going on than just the eclipse, right? Please. It's, it's such a quiet time here in D.C. these days. You know, I mean, there's no news coming out of the White House or anything. No. <laughs> no. I, oh I, yeah. I no. Nothing course. coming out of the White House. Yeah. No. It's usually such a slow time this year, but uh, I don't know. It feels like a slow time this time of year, but now it's right. uh, it's been a pretty pretty crazy month, crazy two months, I'd say. Oh yeah, and, and that's uh, in, in terms of just uh, the the political scene down there. I mean, it, it's it's the dynamics different now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and and like. Being in this office, I mean, reporters are just working really hard just trying to figure out what is going on. I don't think anyone really knows what's going on right now. But, uh, you know, there's some – it seems like some big news event. I was going to say almost every day it feels like. Yeah. I mean, it's either, you know, talks talk of a, of a war, some senior staffer from the White House leaving, yeah. uh, chief of staff being replaced. You know, it's just – there's always some big news event going right, on these days. Right, right. And we're recording this after the news – came out that Steve Bannon was was left the White House, but he is he is not in the White House anymore. He has left the team. And that's just the, the latest piece of turmoil. I don't know what other word to use come out of the, the, the White House. And, and Chris, the markets, do they even know what to make out of this stuff anymore? It's sort of a fascinating week uh, in the content for the markets from our vantage point in, in, in New York, because we've had some, some rumors and some actual departures from the White House staffers. And it's mm-hmm. telling, I think, if you just look at the knee-jerk kind of market reactions Keep in mind that we've had this historically calm stretch of trading. The Dow up until yesterday hadn't moved more than 1% in a single day for the longest time in more than two decades, right? Mm-hmm. So it's super slow. And then yesterday, interestingly, amid these sort of unsubstantiated rumors, there, there were you know not actual news that um, – National Economic Advisor Gary Cohn might might be on the way out. Markets fell. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward to today, and, and Steve Bannon news that reports that uh, he's leaving. And in fact, on Friday afternoon, markets go up, and there's cheers actually on the floor of the New York Stock right. Exchange on, on CNBC. So it's this really interesting dynamic where it had seemed like the markets were almost impervious to all the different, you know, all, uh, just this constant news flow of uh, you know people leaving and constant war. But we do seem like there had there's a, the idea that things like tax cuts and these sort of pro growth policies. Poly- steps seems like they matter a lot, right? If Cohn leaves, he's also in the, in the mix to be right. the Fed chairman, right. potentially, who knows? But, you know, these sort of like senior uh, economic leaders, that's bad news if they're on the way out. And, and Bannon, who obviously is a, um, you know, this sort of economic nationalist, someone who's in favor of tougher trade policies with China, you know, the, the market seems like they are cheering.
catching him on the way out. So although it's been kind of slow, in some ways, it's, it's a telling t- telling very much in the markets this week, I think. Right. Well, and, and Josh, I mean, like you said, normally this is kind of quiet. Like Congress is on recess. The president, you know, left the White House for more than two weeks because they were rehabbing the White House. This should be a very quiet time. If it's not quiet now, what's it going to be like when Congress gets back, when everybody gets back to D.C.? Yeah, right. Well, you know, one one thing to keep in mind is, you know, Mr. Uh, the president has not been able to get anything done in Congress. It's actually pretty shocking mm-hmm. um, that he, he had several ambitious parts of his, his agenda and he hasn't done any of it. That's not to say, obviously, that there isn't a lot of time left to get some of that done. And that's one thing that I've been been um, that I have wondered about the markets is how much of it uh, is still how much of this rise in stocks is still pinned on hopes for uh, you know major tax bills or uh, right. or healthcare uh, you know I, I've I've got to imagine that investors are are paying attention to this stuff and and having growing doubts about the ability of of uh, the president to to get done what he wants to get done. But, you know, I, I put it in perspective. I mean, yeah, it's it's been sort of a chaotic time in Washington. And at the same time, we've still seen, uh, you know, stocks rising and rising. And if you look at just, you know, ever since he came into office, it's, you know, even though we've had a, a you know, past couple of days of stocks, you know, right, fell right. sharply yesterday, they're still they're still up by a long shot. So, yes. you know, On yes, year, it's it's yeah. it's chaotic, but it still seems like investors largely are kind of shrugging off a lot of the stuff that's that's going on. And at least certainly trying to read through as much as possible into the bottom line. What does this mean for the odds that any of this policy stuff has can get done? So that that maybe is a takeaway this week, although, you know, we're still very close to, to highs. There, there is this sense now that if more and more it's thought that that there is no chance that these things are going to get done, then it seems like the markets may finally, you know, and we've been saying right, this right. for months, and I guess, but it does kind of actually seem like there's there's signs of that now. They, they, they may get to that point. This is a September question, obviously. They, they may get to that point because when Congress comes back, it has a lot of work on its plate and very little time to do it. But before we get there, Josh, let's talk a little bit about what, what data is on the calendar for next week. What are we looking at? So that we'll get a we'll get a checkup on the housing market. The National Association of Realtors has its existing home sales report. Um, you know, what's interesting with the housing market is, uh, you know, it had a dip uh, in June and there's this big question right now, can home sales, how, how are they going to do from here on out with prices having risen so quickly? They had a big jump in June because inventory is so tight. So I think that there is still a lot of demand there for housing. It's just a matter of are people able to find, you know, the houses that they want? Are they even able to find any houses at all when they when they go, you know, searching for houses? And, mm-hmm. and when they do, they're having to pay a lot for them. So, you know, one, one interesting thing is the retail sales report that came out this previous week. It showed consumers are actually spending a decent amount of money over the past couple of months. And that kind of goes in line with rising, uh, rising uh, surveys showing rising consumer confidence. Um, and so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see whether the housing market can can sustain the, the healthy level of sales that we've seen this year. Uh, that's housing. What what else is? I know there's not much, and I know the Fed meeting is going to be the big thing. But uh, what do we, we also have durable goods on Friday. Yeah, that's that's always interesting. So this is this is definitely a pretty good indication of underlying health in the U.S. economy. These are, you know, these big ticket goods that consumers and businesses buy. One of the things that I'm going to be looking for is business investment. This this has this, you know, measure of capital spending. Right. And again, you know, the surveys show that businesses feel really good about the economy right now. And we have actually seen a pickup in business investment uh, this year. 
the question is, you know, is this going to break out? I mean, you know, businesses are, you know, they're still expanding their payrolls. Uh, they Their confidence levels are very high. The stock market's still very high, so uh, our business is going to respond by by picking up their spending here, and this will give us a, a peek into that. All right. Uh, let's leave it there. Josh, thank you very much. Chris, thank you for uh, coming and sitting in with us this afternoon. Absolutely. And thank you for listening, and we will catch up with you soon. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.